How's it going, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, first off, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, however you celebrate, just uh, you know, be thankful this time of the year. It, it truly is the greatest, most joyful time of the year. Getting to be with your family and everything. Glad everybody's home. Uh, obviously, coming up, we have about a week off. No Sun Conference activities. I think like the 22nd through the 26th. So everybody get a chance. Go home. Spend some time with your family, international students. Um, you know, you, hopefully you got somebody there for you. I wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. On and on and on. Uh, got a very special episode for y'all today. We have Thomas University head baseball coach Tom uh, Fleener on. Uh, coach is someone I've talked to a good little bit. He's been a big fan of the program since we started uh, back in March. Uh, loves loves Sun Conference baseball, and he's got a really good young team. Uh, you know, as a lot of y'all know, the uh, longtime listeners know baseball. It's my favorite sport. It's just objectively my favorite sport i'm really excited it's right around the corner uh gonna start doing more with basketball uh too basketball is a sport like I, obviously i know basketball but like i don't like know it that well um and i'm just gonna, not gonna hop behind a mic and just talk out my rear end about something i already know about but obviously baseball coming up gonna be doing a lot more baseball talk uh softball as well that falls in the same category as baseball obviously y'all know what's going on with naisb if you don't know what's going on with naisb that is another podcast that i am a part of it's not like suncast where it's uh me and just me and josh or just me on episodes it is a team of people uh got a great team working there uh it's gonna be great we're gonna be covering all nai softball and it's going to be so so much fun uh coming up i know the uh, Heart of America Conference has their media days, and NAISB is uh, planning on being there for that. Don't think I'll be going out there because that's right when we start classes back at Weber. But uh, one of one of my partners with NAISB, uh, Taylor Thomas, I believe, is going to head out there and maybe Carp also. But uh, we'll keep y'all updated on that. Uh, yeah, as I was saying on today's episode, we will have on uh, Coach uh, Fleener from Thomas University. Uh, a little bit early on baseball doesn't start for about another month, but back home here in South Georgia, uh, we just made the short drive over to Thomasville and talked with Coach. But before we get into that that and that episode and that interview, uh, we'll start this episode off with a list, a good list. I feel like it's it's been too long since I have given y'all a good list for y'all to get mad at me about. It, it it's been a while. It's overdue. It's time for me to give y'all a list. So, we're at the end of the year, end of 2022, that I would say was a raging success on so many ends, so many parts, especially in this conference. Um, you know, technically not the first full year, that will be 2023, but, you know, for the better, better part of seven months, seven and a half, eight months, uh, I was covering this conference and got, got to know it pretty well. And so I decided we're going to do a top 10. We're going to do the top 10 Sun Conference teams of 2022. 22 got a few honorable mentions that we're going to start out with this was a tough one um th this list was i thought it would be easy i said i'll do a top five we'll do five easy and i got sitting there and i was like okay i got my five and then i was like oh no this team within well, that team and y'all know how that kind of that process goes so i said hey, we'll make it 10 we'll make it 10 not gonna lie i could have done a full ap power pole top 25 uh, of Sun Conference teams, but we cut off at 10. I got a few honorable mentions. We'll start off with the honorable mentions. No particular order for these. Um, let's see. Let's start off with Weber 
Beach Volleyball. Weber Women's Beach Volleyball had an incredible year, made it up Panama City Beach, small college national championship, semifinalist. Great year. Um, here's how, also how I'm kind of grading these. It's what you did, obviously, but it, it is somewhat your sport because there are certain sports in the NAI a lot more competitive than others. And there's, I think, fair. I wouldn't say harsh. I would definitely say fair grading um, on that. But the harder sports, it you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you're thinking about college football and it comes to college football power rankings or the college football playoff rankings. If you're playing tougher competition and winning, you're going to get ranked higher. So I'll say that before you get fully started. But, yeah, Weber Beach Volleyball does get that uh, honorable mention spot. As a St. Thomas soccer, St. Thomas Runner-up in the regular season, runner-up in the Sun Conference Tournament. Made the opening round, won the opening round, made it uh, to Decatur, Alabama. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we won't get into too much what happened uh, to them up there. I'll mention them as one of the best Sun Conference teams of 2022. And we got two women's soccer teams who, in the regular season at times, looked like potential national champions. Came up just short. And both of their regionals and their opening rounds. A SCAD women's soccer and Southeastern women's soccer. Good years. Great years, really. I think a lot of promise, especially in Savannah next year. I think same in Lakeland, but I think Savannah, uh, SCAD. It's going to be a fun team. It's going to be a very, very fun team. Wouldn't be surprised at all in about a year from now, they're up a lot higher on this list. But for now, they're honorable mention. All right. Let's see, I don't know, let's see how I want to do this top 10. Let's go, I'm going to start at the top and go down. We've already done the honorable mention, so I guess we'll start at the bottom and go up. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, number 10 on the list, top 10 Sun Conference teams, 2020-22. St. Thomas, women's volleyball. A great year, dominated on the court. Uh, they dominated this conference. I believe one conference loss. Uh, some thrillers. It's, volleyball was incredible this year. I mean, it was one of those conferences like, are we going to get a red banner out of Sun Conference Volleyball? No, most likely not. Maybe in a few years. Not right now. But it was it was fun. It was fun in the conference. Uh, and, they won, and they won. You know, they won the regular season. They won the tournament. We put them out there. Number 10, St. Thomas Volleyball. Number 9, and... Honestly, with number nine, you could flip-flop nine and ten. Pretty, pretty interchangeable for me, nine and ten. But at number nine, for me, just a hair above St. Thomas Volleyball is Kaiser Men's Soccer. It's kind of hard to, to separate those two, but the reason I put Kaiser Soccer above St. Thomas Volleyball is, like them, they did win the regular season and the, the tournament for the Sun Conference. But they did get a win in their opening round matchup or in their regional, which I think was, I think it was fair for St. Thomas to have to travel. Uh, I think it was ridiculous that Kaiser had to travel all the way to Indiana. I get they couldn't do it there because their women's soccer team was obviously going to host it, host it. But I mean, I don't know why it couldn't be done somewhere closer than Indiana. Surely there's somewhere in between here and there, but nonetheless, we're going to put them at nine. They had a good year, great year. Uh, coach of the year, player of the year, and Jacobs, and freshman of the year, and Rui. So, great year, great future for men's Seahawks soccer team. 
Number eight on the list, and this is what I alluded to a couple minutes ago about you know what the sport is. Because on paper, uh, Thomas Flag football, incredible year, 18-2, and runner-up. Only two losses were in the national championship game and an overtime loss by one to St. Thomas. Think about flag football, though. There's only 13 teams. You know, it's kind of hard to – like, obviously, it's a great achievement. Don't get me wrong, great achievement. And I think eight could be a little harsh. I, I could see I, – I would not get mad at anybody that put uh, this team as high as five or six. Originally, I had them at six. I bumped them down to eight for a couple other teams. But at certain points of this list, I had them as high as six. Could see five, maybe, but I think eight for me, personally. Now, if you're the runner-up in flag football and what I think NAI flag football will be in five years, that's a different case. I think instead of there being, I think, 13, 14 teams, I'd love to see there be you know, 40 teams, 50 teams. And being a runner-up, now that's, that's something. But still, impressive year. Uh, you know, Definitely a top-10 year. Uh, in the Sun Conference. But number seven, my boys. My boys. The boys in the bab. Weber baseball. Uh, incredible year. You know, Weber, a school that needed this. They also got it with uh, their softball team, who I'm just now noticing that I didn't have on here. Um, well, yeah, I need, I need to put in Weber softball. Yikes. Huh. Uh, mm, I was going to add an honorable mention. I'm going to put a minute honorable mention. I knew I was going to miss one. I knew I was going to miss one. One. And there it was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let me just plug that in right there. Just beep, beep, beep. back up to the honorable mentions. Put in Weber softball. Uh, yikes. I'm going to get some blowback from that one. But, yeah, honorable mention Weber softball. And that's just because, I mean, yeah, they, they won the conference and the – postseason and in, in the tournament but when it got to the NAI tournament it just wasn't great still a good year I think I will mention it's fair I think it's similar to you know, Kaiser and St. Thomas volleyball and men's soccer I'll put my honorable mention anyways let's jump back up number seven Weber baseball uh incredible year for the boys uh you know, they were a young team, a lot of talent coming back in 2023. Uh, you know, obviously a team that I covered the most, broadcasted for all during the spring, loved it. And they go to Lewiston. Let's not even start there. They go to St. Thomas. I mean, nobody thought they, they were going to win that tournament, honestly. Like, I think they were a 23%. They were the third uh, highest voted to win the Miami Gardens bracket. St. Thomas supposed to run away with it, walk them off, lose one to them. Obviously, you know what they did to McPherson. Took care of business. Took care of the business. Then that last game. Whew. Whew. For those who don't know, I do let that bias show a little bit towards Weber baseball. I have to. I love, love Weber baseball. That, that's my team. But I have them at seven. I think seven's a fair ranking, no matter like who does this list. I could see you slide them down to eight. I could see you flop them. Like I said, I think you could rank Thomas football, flag football, but I don't see how you put any of the other teams. You definitely 
Definitely not St. Thomas Volleyball. Definitely not Kaiser Men's Soccer. None of the honorable mention teams. Um, you know what Weber did, 43-22, finished uh, fifth or sixth in the final poll, ninth in the NAI poll. And, I, you know, and baseball, NAI baseball is the most competitive uh, sport in the NAI. And Weber finished sixth. They got two wins in Lewiston. First time they ever been there, obviously, you know, first win with it being their first time being there. They got their first two. And they're going to add on to that this year. But long time between here and there. Number seven, Weber Baseball. Number six, this team that could have been a little bit higher, but with what they are now also, I'm not going to lie, it kind of does affect this ranking. Number six, I got the Southeastern Fire women's basketball team. Last season, the 2021-2022 season, they went 33-2. and They lost by one in the semis. And, you know, they kind of remind me of, for a football reference, I'll I tell you what, not a football reference, for a basketball reference, it kind of reminded me of, you know, looking at them, obviously I didn't know them before this year, you know, looking back and looking at what they'd done over the last five years before this season. For those who remember, remember those old Clippers? Really good, really exposed, like, hey, this could be the year it all gets together. And it just doesn't quite work out. Just didn't quite get that national championship. Didn't quite get that red banner. Didn't quite, you know, get it all in. And it does seem like now that window has closed. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Coach Tim Hayes isn't there anymore. So, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're 6-6 six and six now. They, they're definitely not the best team in the Sun Conference. They're not a top three team right now. When this basketball-wise in the Sun Conference. But... Can't take away that 2022 season. Incredible. I mean, 33-2. and two. Lose by one in the semis to Dort. And could have could have won, won a national championship there. Um, be interesting if Coach Hayes was still there. If they would, I, I would be shocked if they were 6-6 six and six now. But that's either here or there. Let's get into the top five. Let's get into the top five. Top five Sun Conference teams of 2022. Let's stay in Lakeland, Florida. Stay in Lakeland for... Southeastern softball team dominated, dominated the regular season. Incredible team. Did not win the Sun Conference. Weber got them in the in the tourney. Southeastern got that sweet, sweet revenge, though, in the, in the NAI National Tournament. Obviously, the 5-4 walk-off, Haley Harrell. Classic. Ends up finishing fourth overall. They're starting the, the 2023 season fourth overall. They're finishing the overall Sun Conference teams, fifth overall, and they're going to finish the 2023 softball season number one overall. I do believe I'm sticking with I'm sticking with this take. Um, yeah, pretty much until I got it, I gotta hop off of it. I don't have to right now. Season hasn't even started yet. But yeah, I think Southeastern is the best softball team in the AI. I think they're going to win the national championship. Has that made me friends at Weber? No, definitely not. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I do think they are a very talented team. They're returning a lot, but I mean, just what they did last year. I mean, if they were, they were losing everybody. Still got to recognize what they did last year. Incredible year. 52-13. Semifinalist in the NAI National Tournament in Columbus, Georgia. Number four. So the team, if you would have made me do this ranking a month ago, would have been number one. But they finish off number four is the Kaiser women's soccer team. Uh, 
the best. Could we say it? Could we say the best regular season on this list? I don't think that'd be crazy to say it was the best regular season on this list. Um, yeah, I mean, it's either that or 53, 50 and 3 Southeastern Baseball. I'd, I'd, I'd probably give the tip to Kaiser. Yeah, I think in 21-0-1 in the regular season. And arguably, well, we'll say a top three Sun Conference, or top three conference, the Sun Conference of Women's Soccer. Currently say, can't say number one after what the cross, Crossroads did. If y'all don't know what the Crossroads Conference did, they uh, uh, pretty much imagine if Kaiser and Sky would have played for the national championship. Whew. I'm manifesting one thing. One thing only for 2023, and that is for a... All Sun Conference, either baseball, softball, or soccer national championship. Whew. Oh Lord, that'd be awesome. But you know, Kai's a great year. Um, you know, all jokes aside, incredible season what they did. Uh, we talked about it uh, a little while ago, a couple episodes ago. Just, just truly an incredible season. Obviously, did not end how anybody wanted it to in baby blue but still you, that doesn't take away um and it doesn't take away from what's been built there by that coaching staff you know coach dunn and everybody over there has an incredible t incredible incredible team and i think they'll continue to recruit at the highest level and i think they'll be right back there next year and all honestly i think i plan on being right right back there in orange beach hopefully and I'm sure there'll be baby blue there. Maybe some yellow and black. Red and black. That'd be sick. Maybe some green. We can dream. We're all on the same team. That's your Suncast wrap of the day. <laughs> Number three. Top ten Sun Conference teams 2022. The Kaiser football team. Uh, you could argue... <laughs> You could argue maybe the second or the worst regular season on this list. Right up there with Weber. Kind of like very similar to Weber baseball. Actually, not a great uh, regular season. But once you, all you got to do is make the postseason. <laughs> all the regular season is about is getting to the postseason. Give yourself a shot. And you might be go on the road and beat the number four, the number one, and the number three team. Teams in the nation. Find yourself in a national championship game, and that's what Kaiser did. Didn't win it, but still. Um, incredible, incredible postseason run from the boys out of West Palm Beach. Absolutely put this conference on the map. The biggest thing with this, oh, God. I just realized another honorable mention I've left out. St. Thomas football. We'll stick them in there. St. Thomas football, honorable mention. Whew. I swear to y'all, I, I made this list for... I got it sitting in front of me right here. I made this list for 45 minutes to an hour, and I was like, I still feel like I'm forgetting a team or two. That's what the holidays does to you, though. I mean, I've been running around all day. And it hasn't been like particularly crazy busy, but still, I'm the worst 
and like waiting to the end for like doing shopping like most other things like classroom and like suncast stuff like i'm usually able to get it done but like shopping holiday shopping last minute guy get it done last minute did it again this year uh no excuses though but still hey deadline wasn't due still, still in the middle of recording hopefully i don't forget anymore be yeah, honorable mention st thomas football anyways but what kaiser the reason i got on st thomas football and that whole tangent what kaiser football did in the postseason proved st thomas football should have been there and i don't think you can say that for any other team on this list it's like their performance in the postseason positively affected other teams more than what kaiser football did for st thomas football because pretty much every other team on this list it was like okay there, here's the tournament here's your conference tournament okay now you're going to a regional against you know whoever william carey and westmount list goes on and on runner-up speaking of runner-ups no right for the top 10 some conference in 2022 southeastern men's track yeah i bet y'all are wondering y'all are thinking like, who's, who's it gonna be who's gonna be number two this was team sports of course you know i made it team sports oriented um but what this team did just as a unit i actually don't really consider track a big of a team sport but when you got 12 all-americans finish second overall only by five points there's a human factor there's a human element my rankings are always right when I remember all the teams, of course. But still, this is right. Uh, Southeastern men's track. Obviously, track's not something I covered a lot, but still, I mean, what they did. 12 All-Americans, second. Uh, I was actually, I remember being there in Columbus when this was going on in Orange Beach. It was the same time as the Softball World Series and Life University's SID. And for the life of me, I can't remember his name right now. But he... Uh, he was there keeping up with it live in the middle of the World Series, and I was watching some game, and I remember when he when he went crazy because life uh, beat Southeastern by enough points in one of the last races to give him a five-point advantage, and they won. That was cool. That was a cool moment getting to see a guy, see SID for another school, win it right there. That's cool for him. Um, great for life, but life is good. Life is good. Life was good for Southeastern last year because not only did they have the runner-up in men's track and field, not only did they have a semifinalist in softball and women's basketball and an, an incredible team in women's soccer, but they had the best team in the Sun Conference in 2022, and you could very well make an argument for the best team in the whole freaking NAIA last year. The whole dead gum thing. Southeastern's baseball went 59-4. and four. They only lost two conference games, both to Kaiser. In the best conference in the NAIA, baseball. It's on conference baseball. It's the best in the NAIA. It is the best conference in the NAIA among... I got a summer on that one. That one might be too much. That's all about, again, with Crossroads Women's Soccer. But anyways, it's the best conference for baseball. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's the best conference for baseball in the NAI. They dominated. They ran through everybody. They What they did in the postseason was some of the most fun baseball I've ever watched. 
the most fun baseball I ever watched. Between them and Weber, but I mean what they did, the Tennessee Wesleyan game, the Gwinnett game, the two national championship games, drama. I mean, if you'd have took this script to Hollywood, you you take Southeastern's uh, script to Hollywood, just the NAI tournament run, they'd have thrown it out. After about the Gwinnett game. The Tennessee Wesleyan, they'd have been throwing you out the door by them. But look, there's no 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 point in even going over all the names. I mean, Fuentes, Cullen, Fate, Adams, Panda, on and on and on. Laura, I mean, the list goes on and on. And you'll hear it in a minute, Coach, uh, Coach and I. I'm going to wrap this up here shortly. But Coach and I talk about that about that team, about the Southeastern team, and what made them so special, you know, outside of being great was just their character. But we're on, we talk about that. Uh, we're going to kick it over to that interview here in just a second. So I'm going to talk about one more thing. And uh, that was the World Cup. I assume most of y'all watched Argentina-France in the World, World Cup final. Watched it with a couple of my friends. Got up nice and early. Had a cup of coffee. A little bit of a peppermint mocha creamer in it too. So good. Made some toast and then watched the game. And I, when I was making that coffee, I remember thinking, I was like, this could be the greatest sporting event ever. This could be the most watched sporting event ever and the greatest. About three, four hours later, uh, that thought became a reality. That was the greatest sporting event I've ever watched in my life. And I'm recording this on Tuesday. So it's a couple of days after, three days after that game. So I've you know settled down and thought about it. What that game meant to sports and soccer I'm 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 so almost at a loss for words <laughs> but it was incredible it was absolutely incredible I mean the game the game by itself was one of the best soccer games I've ever watched but the stakes of it, I mean Lionel Messi is the greatest athlete of all time I mean I don't think that's a crazy thing to say it, it it brought me memories of you know being a little kid and getting up early in the morning on a Saturday or a Sunday and it being cold outside, cold fall day. College football was going to be on soon, but before that, I was going to flip it over to BN Sports. I think it was channel 620 on DirecTV. And Lionel Messi. Sometimes be Saturday, sometimes be Sunday. Here before college football or NFL. And the moves he would make on people, it was just like, it doesn't make sense. And the way he could just dictate a game, it was unlike anything I'd have ever seen before. And we saw that this World Cup. This World Cup was perfect it was perfect in every aspect perfect unless you're a Ronaldo fan in which case <laughs> sucks to be you but you know watching Messi grow up um I mean for those that are Barcelona fans and Messi fans will remember 
that will remember that moment on Sunday around noon when it was over forever. I mean, from not from 10 o'clock, not noon, but 1 o'clock, from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock Eastern time. I mean, one, the greatest part of it I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll kick it over to myself and Coach Tom Flinner of Thomas University Baseball. Once again, Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Holidays, and I'll catch y'all later. Love y'all. All right, we welcome on a very special guest to the podcast, uh, a man that we've been I've been in communication with pretty much since the beginning of SunCast. Uh, is Thomas University head baseball coach Tom Flinner, coach. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. A little chilly for my liking, but I'm good other than that. Tell me about it. You know, I was I was talking to my friend this morning. He goes up to he goes to UGA, and we were both talking. He's like, it isn't too bad. You know, this is kind of what I've been used to. I'm like, look, I, I go to school in South Central Florida, in Polk County, Weber. I'm not used to this. I thought it was like 56 degrees. It's going to be a high of 72 at Weber. I'm like, yeah, this is more my – this is what I'm trying to do. This is more my, my vibe. Uh, but no, we, it is freezing here in the 229, but it is good to be home. Uh, as many of y'all know, as I've said uh, many times before, South Georgia is my home. Got a special place in my heart for the Georgia teams and the Sun Conference, uh, Thomas University, SCAD. Obviously, Tom, Thomas being in Thomasville, Georgia, just right down the road. Uh, and it's great. I've, you're actually the second Nighthawk uh, I've had on, first uh, baseball, play, per, or baseball uh, person here at Thomas University. Uh, you took over uh, about four years ago uh, at Thomas. What were some of your short-term and like your long-term goals for the Nighthawk baseball program? Well, short-term is always you know to try to win right away, and that doesn't always work out. But long-term, uh, trying to build a sustainable program. You know, when I right before I got here, they had actually won the Sun Conference tournament as a sixth seed, but lost a lot from that team I lost a lot of senior leadership as a matter of fact which was key and from there uh, I've tried to build this on youth it's been a slow process especially with COVID my first year we weren't able to bring in too many guys so it wasn't until year two that we put together our first full recruiting class which was actually ranked uh, I think it was number eight in perfect game as far as the recruiting class high school recruiting class that year so that was the group that played last year so it's been a little, a little bit of a slower process. We can't do a ton of the transfer signings that a lot of the other NAI top 25 national you know, powerhouses can. So um, just trying to build it off the youth and sprinkling in some transfers. So long-term goal, just trying to build something sustainable and a great culture, and I think we're well on our way. Yeah, I mean, when you're starting a program or if you're, when you're taking over a program that loses so much right there at the beginning, when you, like you said, when you took over, it is difficult to kind of set that. But, you know, looking kind of four years later, and even now you have a really young team last year, but there was a lot of talent and a lot of potential. Uh, you know, how has that culture kind of changed, and who are some guys that you've looked at now uh, for a young team last year coming back uh, to 2023, how has the culture changed, and who are some guys that have helped uh, you know build your image of the Thomas Nighthawk baseball team? Well, it's with so many young guys playing last year, they had to grow up really fast, mm -hmm. you know. And as I mentioned uh, before we started this interview, that you know, 65% of our innings on the mound last year were true freshmen, and when you're running those guys out against the grown men that do play in the Sun Conference, it, it led for some some sleepless nights. But they, uh, it was a necessary 
thing to go through. It was tough to go through, but I'm glad we did it. And some, some real leaders have started to emerge. You know, a guy like Matt DeLay, who I believe is already one of the best players in the Sun Conference. You know, broke, broke a record last year as a freshman uh, by hitting 21 doubles. Mm. Uh, it was a TV record, and uh, not just a freshman record, but an overall record. And he's, he's really going to anchor our offense this year from the leadoff spot. He's probably more of a uh, Skill-wise, he's probably more of a three-hole hitter, but we just try to get him up as, as many times as we can. So he's really comfortable in that leadoff spot. And, and guys like Caden Bastion, uh, outfielder, um, Turner Maddox is a year older than th that group, which we've nicknamed the Baby Hawks while we were recruiting them. And the Baby Hawks had to play a lot last year. But Turner's been a mainstay at second base. He's been a he's a career 350 hitter for us, and and he really anchors the the infield. And it's just guys all over the field from a pitching staff standpoint. Riley Fisher, uh, left-hander, who had to you know pitch game ones last year for us, and one reason you know big reason why you know you, you run a 19-year-old kid out there in the Sun Conference on Fridays, and and he's going to take his lumps. But he's outstanding pitcher, amazing kid, and and. I think the consistent theme any of these young guys that I bring up is is their character, and that's how you build a culture is off of people. I'm a big believer in, in the idea that people win. Everybody has talent, but uh, the, the better people you can bring in, the more likely you are to succeed. And at the end of the day, when you don't succeed, you know, I don't hate being around them. I really, I love being on the bus with them, being in the hotels, being at practice. They're just a great group to be around and, and makes my job a lot easier, especially on those days where it doesn't go so well for us. They're just an amazing group of kids and uh, I'm very fortunate to have them in our program. Yeah, it, it's tough to have a team that you don't like. And if you don't have that good culture, you don't have winning guys and winning is not just on the field, but you know, if they're taking care of business in the classroom, if they're showing up to weights on time consistently, you can see the progress and you can see a foundation for a young team like this, that that brings you hope, and obviously, you this year uh, you want to see just a little bit, a little bit more, and see that progression. But obviously, moving forward uh, with y'all, uh, obviously, y'all leaving the Sun Conference, y'all still going to a good conference, the Southern States, correct? That's uh, right. You know, after this season, which unfortunately, uh, it, it's, it it sucks. I've already started to go through it. We have with Thomas Soccer. Uh, it's like, dang, I'm not going to be covering them next year. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward, you know, and obviously the kickoff baseball season, the Sun Conference wanted to have you on. Uh, but moving forward, I think there is that – there's no doubt there is success there. And you look at teams that just have to build off that. I mean, you look at Weber. Uh, you know, Weber wasn't a team that was nationally recognized a, a ton, uh, you know, at least not like getting Lewiston or obviously or, you know, winning a regional or anything. They did that, so you can see it can be a kind of a quick turnaround. To you. you can go from okay competing to just your conference to going to compete for a national championship, you know, just like that. And you've obviously built teams up. Uh, we were talking about before uh, we we hopped on hopped on the interview uh, about you were a coach that built up a junior college team, correct? And, and yeah, can you just like t talk a little bit about that process and and what that was like? Well, quite honestly, I went through it as a player, too. So I learned how to build programs as a player. When I went to Tennessee Westland, the coach there had never had a winning season. And he'd only been there three, four years. But by the time my group got done, we had won two conference titles, actually my junior and senior year. And obviously, Tennessee Westland is a top five powerhouse every year now. And, yeah. and our group kind of built that or started it's on its way. But uh, also, you know, being able to build a junior college program from scratch at USC Sumter, no scholarship money, no budgets. 
no budget money whatsoever. We had to raise everything. We didn't have a practice field for a couple of years. And, you know, we, we averaged 42 wins a year for six years. And it just, you know, it was, it was talent, but it was also very much culture. Uh, when I got an opportunity to go to Lenore Rhine, my first five years there, we, uh, we had won more games in the first five years of anyone's tenure in the history of that 100-year program. Mm. And so we, and then we had a ton of draft picks. They'd only had three draft picks in the history of the program. We had seven my last four years there. So a lot of things we changed. I've uh, got the opportunity to come down here, some warmer weather, yeah. close, closer to home. Orlando's really my home. I went to Apopka High School, and I still have family and friends down here. So, uh, you know, and, and I saw it coming here as an opportunity to, yeah, they had just come off a conference tournament championship. But other than that, you know, a very average program. Not a bad program, but just just average. And, and unfortunately, we had to take a couple of steps back to hopefully take, you know, four or five steps forward. But... I do believe, uh, you know, just recruiting the right people is is key. I, I'm a big fan of what Colin has done at Weber. You know, I've, I've seen from afar and now directly, you know, playing them every year, you know, what they've done there, and they do it the right way. And quite honestly, a, a program like Southeastern, and I gotta, I've got great respect for uh, Dinkle and what he does there. You know, got a chance to spend two hours with him and his team last, last year when they came here because we, we got rained out all day on a Saturday. So we took him up to our indoor facility, and I just spent two hours and you know just talking to Dinkle and every one of his kids, you know there was a backstory and and it always came back down it, it always came back to what a great kid, what a great kid, what a great kid. I mean every single guy and I watched them compete in the cages, and uh, you know we all we all know they're you know a powerhouse. I got a chance to win a national championship every year, but. When we got done playing them that weekend, knowing what their talent level was was one thing, but knowing the group of characters they had over there, um, it I, it was no doubt in my mind that they were they had a shot to win a national title, and they did. And so that that was another learning experience for me that it wasn't just you know them getting a, a big group of talent mm -hmm. together. It was uh, it was the people that were in those uniforms too. Well, so. and I think that's just such a huge thing with baseball because you have to grow to like like your team. That's a huge thing. 100%. It's an underrated thing, but if if you you're around your team and whatever sport it is, and you don't like them, some sports you can kind of get away with that. You know, football. If I don't like you, we can kind of not see each other. Right. Yeah. But with baseball, you're going you're playing almost every day. You got to be in. the in the battlefield almost every day, and you got to have guys that gel together, and you can't have a holes, you know, yeah. for, back of, for lack of a better term. And I learned that very quickly. You met, quickly you mentioned, you know, Weber Southeastern, who I, you could say last year the two most successful teams in the conference. Those were the two teams that I would say I was uh, closest with. You know, obviously Weber broadcasting those games day one, uh, day one when I walked in, uh, it was opening day. And day one, my first day broadcasting ever. First time I ever broadcasted a live event ever. Uh, and I remember walking down in the dugout immediately. Some guys knew me from football. Other than that, nothing really. Day one, embraced me. I said, hey, I'm going to be broadcast. I'm Reagan. I'm going to be broadcasting for y'all. Uh, this year, day one, took me in just like I, I was a baseball player. Uh, and I was obviously I mean, being a football guy. Uh, you know, obviously football and baseball, they don't always – uh, jail, jail together, but it was, that did not matter at all with them. Uh, great group, and that obviously translated into a great season for them. And Southeastern, it was very similar deal early on. I think episode five or six of Suncast 
was Brian Fuentes came on and we don't have to talk too much about what Brian was or what he did last yeah. year. I we, talked to my therapist about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, me. Yeah. me. Oh, <laughs> let me get into the Southeastern Weber games here in a minute. Uh, but it was the same, same, same way with them. I mean, all those guys. Um, you know, I can go on forever. Cullen, Rob, all of them had on. They're great team. But I, I do. I got to get on now. Uh, when Southeastern came to Weber and played, Weber had the lead. I think after the fifth inning in all three games. And then Southeastern just turned it on them. Yep. First and second, first second, I was like, okay, whatever. The worst one, though, was game three. I think Weber was up 9-3 or 9-4 in the sixth. You want to guess the final score of that game? Oh, um, 13-10. 20-10, oh, Southeastern. <laughs> I was like, I don't – I remember, I think the death blow, I think, was like a two- or three-run shot where they went up like five or six. I was looking out at my notes. I was writing down some stat or something. And I just hear, whack, and I look up, and I think it was Guada. I'm pretty sure it was Guada hit one. You know the tall, you know the tall light, uh, the light poles that Weber has, the one in the left center. Mm-hmm. It was about three fourths of the way up that it it landed. I, I like to say when there's a home run to left field, they got to fish that one out of the lake. They would legit have to fish that one out of the lake. It was it, – I was just like, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, that's when the old Dennis Green quote comes up. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, they are exactly who we thought they were. And I remember talking to Brian after that game, and he just started laughing. He's like, oh, you thought, you thought. I'm, I, said, I said something to him, I'm not going to say, say say on the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, the, those two teams. And, I mean, Kaiser, Kaiser St. Thomas, and, heck, even Warner had a great year. I mean, oh, yeah. there, there's no doubt this this conference is elite. What there, I mean, since we're talking about the conference right now and everything, uh, what what's your favorite place to play in the conference? Barnado Stadium in Thomasville, Georgia. Okay, that's why course. I said right. All right, that's why I put my notes there outside of Tville. Okay, outside of Tville. <laughs> good answer. Good yeah. answer. Um, oh, I don't know. That's it's not southeastern. Nope. <laughs> it's not Flomo. I really like St. Thomas. Yeah, St. Thomas is a great facility. Yeah, I really, I really do like St. Thomas, and we did actually win a game there last time we went. So, uh, are you? Uh, do y'all play them on the road this coming yes, year? Yes, we go there this year. You need to go check out their football field now. Okay. They have a new turf field, giant jumbotron, good stands. Mm-hmm. It's it's right by their baseball and softball okay. field. Uh, but yeah, they they have a great place. That was uh, I didn't go there, but uh, you know, just watching the Miami Gardens. Regional last year was incredible. I mean, they yeah. they do a good job. They have a I'm blanking on the guy's name. They have a heck of a broadcaster there too. Um, but yeah, they do they do a great job. You, you've obviously had a ton of talent. Uh, you had over 100 players play professionally, and what 17, 18 guys go on to play in, in the MLB. With guys like that and coaching guys like that, how quickly do you usually know, okay, this guy's different than my average everyday starter, whether Division Two or, you know, when you coach at Ole Miss, Division One, or at any level, do guys that have that MLB potential, when do you normally, when do you normally like, see it? And, like, how do you see it? It, it differs. You know, I think one of the coolest stories, two really cool stories, you know, we had a – we had a – a kid that had no offers. We had signed one of his high school teammates. He hit like 160 his junior year in high mm-hmm. school. And I got 
his buddy who was committed to us to bring him to a camp. Or he, he actually asked me, hey, do you mind if I bring my buddy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's going to pay for camp. Sure, I'm going to take this money. <laughs> the kid shows up, and I'm like, what, 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 are, what am I missing here? A kid ran really well, had a really nice flat swing, and you know, great arm for the outfield. I'm like, what, what is going on here? And so I offered him a, an invited walk-on spot to a school that's like 50 grand. I know his, you know his parents didn't have that kind of money, but they saw it as an opportunity. And kid from the day he stepped on campus, he started every single game for three years. And you could start to see it, and you don't know until they get there. You see the skill level. Maybe this is the separating factor is the work ethic part of it. You know, parents can say one thing. High school coaches can say one thing. Hey, kid's really hard worker. First one there, last one to leave, all that kind of stuff. But until they get into your environment, you never know. And then you, you see them in their work ethic, and this kid was one of them. And his junior year, he gets picked in the draft you know, 17th round by the Braves, signed for $125,000 and was only on scholarship his last year with me. And he's made it up to double A. He's been a top 30 prospect in the Braves organization a couple of different times. He's hitting 340 in Mexico right now. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's Justin Dean. So you got that kid, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Another kid we had that he was 78, 82 out of high school. And, you know, I don't know what our pitching coach loved so much about him. Senior year, he's touching 96, draft pick for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then you have your other kids that come in. I've got a lot of stories more similar to that, and it, it really comes down to how hard they're willing to work and, and understanding that, you know, that two and a half hours of practice every day is not enough time. Those three hours in the weight room that we're in there together is not enough time to get you where you could possibly go. So it really comes down to work ethic. And, you know, I have not been in many situations where as soon as I see a kid, you know, you, you just know. But there's been a bunch of them after I spent about a month with them. Now, mm -hmm. hey, that kid's got a chance to play pro ball. You know, a lot of those draft picks were my time in the Northwoods League, which is one of the better, you know, Woodback Collegiate Leagues in the country. And, you know, some of those were still surprises. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, there's been a lot of guys that haven't been drafted that, that were surprises. I had a kid at, at LR that uh, his junior year, he hit 450. He was like second in the country in batting average. He had a 295 ERA as a junior, and he doesn't get drafted. Next year, he hits 288, punches out 50 times, and has a seven ERA, and he got drafted. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And that kid ended up, you know, being a 40 man 40 man roster guy for the Dodgers one year. And, wow. Um, Yes, it's just, it's wild. You know, a lot of it's just me being fortunate enough, just being in the right place at the right time. I didn't make any of these draft picks. Uh, the, probably the best thing I did was not screw any of them up. <laughs> so that's sometimes the best coaching you can do is just let them do their thing and, and just help them along the way, give them structure and, and positive reinforcement, sometimes negative reinforcement. Everybody <laughs> responds differently to different things. but. Right. At the end of the day, it's it, a lot of times it's being in the right place at the right time and trying not to screw them up. But you know, really fortunate to, to be around you know that many draft picks and you know, I don't even know what it is at last count. To be honest with you, it's a little over 125 here or there. But uh, but yeah, it's you know a lot of it's just being fortunate. So we're you know that's one of the cool things here that I have. We've never had a draft pick from Thomas University, mm. and I, I think out of the group we have here now and. You know, we currently have the number one ranked recruiting high school class in the country right now, according to Perfect Game. So really? we've, we've got another really good class coming. Uh, two of these kids just touched 90 for the first time the other day, and they're still in high school. So we're, 
we're bringing in the right guys, and it's going to be cool to get that first draft pick in, in TU history. They've had, I think, one kid sign a professional contract that it wasn't a draft pick. But uh, that'll be, you know, one of those feathers in, in our cap hopefully we can get. But, you know, yeah, I'll, winning baseball games is way more important at this point. Oh, yeah, and I can't wait uh, to keep watching y'all. Obviously, with y'all not being in the Sun Conference, I won't be doing the Suncast, but y'all be my favorite non-Sun Conference team in the NAIA. I can't wait to watch y'all because I do think two, three, four years from now, this is a team that will be, I don't, I think it's not, it's definitely not crazy to say a top 25 NAIA program. 100%. And I don't, I think it's too much of a stretch. I mean, obviously, if you're in a top 25, you're going to make that opening round regional, and then it's, who knows from there, right. uh, depend on who, who the regional is and what it's against. But I think this is a team in two, three, four years' time we could absolutely see, see in Lewiston. Uh, I think I they agree. can compete. Y'all have the talent now, and obviously if y'all bring that talent in, uh, in South Georgia it is kind of a hotbed for uh, for recruiting. Obviously not what Florida, Florida is, but you, you could definitely bring guys in. Uh, but w when you're at the Division Two level and coaching at the Division Two, that's obviously a little bit different with recruiting and the scholarship players and everything else. What were some of the differences or the biggest differences that you faced coaching uh, Division Two versus NAIA? And also, what's kind of the talent difference between D2 and NAIA? Well, I think in our conference, there, there is no difference. No, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, but there right answer. We can, we can end the interview right <laughs> yeah. there. There it is. I, that's the, uh, the clip I needed. Right and, and, I, and I hate that, that people that don't know and won't yeah. do the research, they, they, they don't understand what it's like in the Sun Conference and, and really in all the sports. But in, NAIA, in, in baseball in particular, you know, I would love to see some of these Division II teams you know, lock horns with you know the the top four teams in our league right now as it stands. But and you can you you tell me you wouldn't drop everything to watch a U Tampa Southeastern game? Oh, I would absolutely, absolutely, and and I I don't know I don't know who to put my money on, but uh, yeah. my heart my heart would be with Southeastern for sure. Yeah. But yeah, there there is no difference, and it, it's just I I think with NAI pe people just take way different routes mm -hmm. to get here and. You know, we, we don't have a lot of those stories, but I know that the other programs do. Hey, they went to two different JUCOs, or they went to SEC, and they went to a JUCO, or, you know, just all sorts of backstories. Mm. But I, I think that's just what happens in NAI and until you take the time. It's like, it's like a high school coach saying, hey, coach, I got a guy that, you know, he's a D2 guy or he's an NAI guy. And then you go, well, when's the last time you actually sat down and watched one of those games? Yeah. You know, have you seen a Southeastern versus St. Thomas? Mm. You know, like, wh what – what makes your kid a quote-unquote NAIA guy? And if you're telling me it's grades, well, guess what? I'm not going to recruit that kid. Yeah, there's no point. Yeah. Because if he's got a 2.2 at some high school. Oh, he's going to fail buddy. out of Thomas, yeah. I can tell you that much. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's the other thing. They, they think it's the, the four-year JUCO level, and it, that's, not how it, that's not how it is. So I hate that it, it gets that uh, impression but it, it just, it's like anything in life. People don't do enough research. They're not going to know, and they're going to talk, talk out their rear end about something they don't know about. But, but yeah, the difference between Division Two and I was in a very good conference, South Atlantic Conference. But to, and here's the thing. When I, when I was in Division Two, there were some weekends I actually looked forward to. Oh, thank God we have so-and-so this weekend. Yeah. That ain't happening in the Sun Conference. No. You know, like last year, I'm like, okay, we're going to FloMo, and FloMo has been traditionally a bottom – 
bottom conference team, and they took us to the absolute woodshed and made us like it. I mean, they were they were really, really good, and they, they played good that weekend as well. So there are no off weekends in the Sun Conference, and, and when we get into the southern southern states, you know, there's a couple of teams up there that aren't really good, but every single every single other program is. So it, it's not like we're going to a lesser conference by any stretch. It's just we might have a weekend or two here or there <laughs> that, that I'm not going to lose sleep over. But then again, those are the teams that slip up and beat you too when you're not bringing your A game. So at the end of the day, man, it's great baseball. And I love what you're doing with it. And I love what you know, NAI ball is, is doing with, with the conference as well and just with NAI baseball in general. Mm. Just, just spreading the awareness. Spread the awareness, and, and you know, knowledge is power. So we're just trying to spread that. Yeah, I think the NAI versus Division Two debate. When you look at other sports, I think you look at soccer. I think there is a little bit more of a gap. Uh, football, I don't think there is too much of a gap at all. Basketball, I could, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to talk about my rear end stuff. I don't know. I don't know Division Two basketball that well, and I don't know NAI basketball in a whole as well. But when you look I, at it, I can it, tell you from experience. There, I watch a lot of basketball. There's no difference. No difference. There is no difference. There you go. And football, I played at it. Now, granted, it was a bad Division II school, but it was in the best or first or second best, you know, however you want to debate it. Uh, the MIAA, very good football conference at the Division II level. Uh, and when I got to Weber, I was like, this isn't much. I mean, this is NAI. I don't, it's probably not that great. I was a little disappointed. I ended a transfer portal to get closer to home, like NAI, whatever. Right. It took me about a practice to figure out. Uh, we would boat race the D2 I was at and a couple of the teams in the conference. And you know, football-wise, you put St. Thomas Kaiser in that very good Division II football conference. I, I think they're walking around. I don't know if they're winning it, but they dang sure aren't in the bottom half of the conference. And then, look, we, we talk about it all the time. We don't have to – harp on it a, a, a ton more because I got a whole spring to be able to do it. This conference with baseball, it's, I think it's the best, I'm getting ready to say it's not just the best conference in baseball. I think it might be one of the top two or three sports in the NAI conference-wise because if you drop a, a division, an average Division two team in the Sun Conference, I don't, I don't see them winning this conference. I don't see them finishing top three maybe no. top three uh four i would say maybe depending on how kaiser does this year uh and the way kaiser from what i've heard uh i don't have everything i, I still got to see him on the field kaiser obviously lost a lot uh timmy b's gone but i've heard i've heard rumors of west palm beaches if you want to pick a team that's at the top of the top 25 to make a run this year it's Kaiser. Really? And that's just from, from some, some some people I've talked to with NAI ball. Great. Uh, and I thought they were going to be a little bit down. So, <laughs> yeah, now they, they might awesome. be. Awesome. If, if you ever think there's a Sun Conference team down, yeah. that got bad. Kaiser was a funny story. Um, last year, it was like they dropped games they really weren't supposed to drop. But then, you know, the, the two teams that went to the Sun Conference, uh, went to the NAI World Series, Weber and uh, Southeastern, I think they went – Five and three, or five. And, I think they went five and two against Southeastern and Weber last year. They swept Weber, and then won two or three against Southeastern. And I think Southeastern beat them in the semifinal or the final for the Sun Conference championship. But uh, it, that's that's Kaiser. They're yeah. going to be they're they're going to be great. They're going to be great at just about anything and uh, and everything. 
Uh, got a couple fire, couple questions I want to fire at you. Just pure baseball. Okay. All right. You got a million dollars on the line. You can win a million bucks. You got to get a batter to hit a extra base hit for a double, triple home run. Any player baseball history. In baseball history. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Or we can you can do that. Or you can do current players. You can do oh, one I know baseball history. Baseball history. I'm going right. with my man Will Thrill. Yeah. Will Clark. Will Clark, legend. Yeah, plays while I was 22 in high school and all the way through college. And I know he was 23 at uh, Mississippi State, but yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that was that was my guy. And yeah. he's clutch, just clutch, clutch, clutch. But there's there's so many I could pick, but Will's got to be my guy. Yeah, that's that was pretty. That's pretty top. Yeah, I was definitely number one guy, and I think about it too much. I, this is one where this is one where I just because I'm a baseball nerd, I just sit up and think about the one guy that I really like. Ichiro, I like Ichiro. You said extra base hit though. I think he can slap one to you the gap. You said extra base I, hit. Extra base hit, but yeah. I think he could slap single? one to the gap. Oh, if we're going single, single I'm, yeah. I'm going either Tony Gwynn or Ichiro. Yeah, a Tony Gwynn was probably my second one. Uh, Tony Gwynn was probably my second one. Uh, I, I think if Ichiro needed to get one to the gap, plus he has the speed. Prime Ichiro, not forty-year-old Ichiro, but uh, I think prime Seattle Ichiro would have got it. Now. I'm gonna rock with the same question, but I'm gonna flip it on you. Now you need pitcher to get the out against Will the Thrill. Ooh, you know, you think about matchup, you know, it's Will, you know, you probably gotta fire a, a lefty out there. Yeah. And um, I got the guy I think I would throw against Will. I think it's Sandy Koufax. You got Koufax? I'd go Greg. I'd go, I'd go, I just, and I'm also a crazy Braves fan, uh, which, it's, that's kind of funny. Uh, Greg Maddox, uh, Dansby Swanson just kind of pulled a Greg Maddox. He's going to. Yeah. I hate that. But see, but, so uh, you're you're forgetting about the grand slam that Will Clark hit oh against Greg Maddox when he was with the Cubs in a playoff game. Oh. Uh, at Wrigley. Yeah. Yep. Didn't think about that one. That's don't, that, don't that's come, that, don't that's come that's at what, me with some Will Clark. Hey, he, you got it. You yeah. got it, Coach. Hey, that's why you're the coach, <laughs> and I'm just the podcast broadcaster. You got it. <laughs> Oh, uh, that that's great. That's great. Uh, so I got one last question question for you. Right. Uh, you're obviously building this program up. I think the right way. I think this is an upcoming uh, program. Where do you see the Thomas baseball program in, at the end of this year and in five years? I think we have a real, honestly, we have an outside shot at, at getting to the opening round this mm -hmm. year. I really think so. Things yeah. got some things got to go our way. You know, we we took a couple of hits uh, with grades, but that happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're kind of sweating out a couple of injuries, but at the end of the day, if if things do line up for us, we've got the talent to reach the opening round. And if you reach the opening round, anything can happen. Yeah, we saw it last year with weather. Yep. So for us, you know, that's our goal. We're right now we're trying to get. There's not been, but I think three 30 win seasons in this program's history. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of our goals is to win 30 games. We've got another tough schedule <laughs> in front of us. You know, I, I would love to have about you know, fifteen cupcakes on there, but we we don't have them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost impossible to schedule that. It doesn't make you any better, anyways. No. But I, I think you know we just we need to win more than we did last year, and that would be a great step for us. But our our goals, right now as they stand, is we want to try to get to thirty games, and if you know we get a couple more than that, then now you're in a you're in the discussion to make an opening round. But I really have said all along that. Year three for us with this class, the Baby Hawks, the that that was going to be probably the the time that this was really going to take off. But I'm not going to underestimate these kids. I'm not going to do it, and I I see them doing something special this year if they just keep their heads on right. And the biggest thing is 
when adversity hits, and it's going to, and heck, it could be the very first weekend. We go to Ave, and you know we had them. The schedule just worked out where we had them Easter weekend. They can't play Easter weekend, so we had to put that series at the beginning in late January. So, you know, that could be adversity right away. And how our guys handle it is going to dictate, you know, our success over the course of the whole year. So handling adversity, they know it's coming. So they, they faced plenty of it last year. So our ability to handle adversity, get over it fast, have a short memory, and staying healthy. And if we can do all that, then think we could do something special this year but but definitely year three of this group is is going to be something to to really pay attention to yeah so well of course we'll be covering it on suncast this year this will be the first full year i started suncast in the middle of the season uh last year so get to do this full season uh folks obviously y'all know i love i love my sports football josh did a great job covering football volleyball soccer i love sports it's bread and butter time for your boy. It is baseball season. It is softball season. Uh, y'all know the work I'm going to be doing with NAISB, covering softball on, on there. The Sun Conference Baseball, the best conference in the NAIA, Sun Conference Baseball. It's here. Coach, can't thank you enough. Good luck this season. We'll be we'll be in touch. Uh, anything you want, want to add? Mike's all yours. If not, we're good no, to go. No, just number one, thank you for having me. And yes, I love what, you, what you're doing for the Sun Conference and, and obviously more selfishly for Sun Conference baseball. Yeah. And keep up the great work. People are starting to notice. And yeah. I think you're off to a, a great start. And, uh, and you know, you're going to have a great career doing this. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach.